This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio with Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Barcelia. How was your morning, Megan, while I was playing gigs in Petaluma and you were dancing? Well, I think you kind of summed it up. You were playing gigs and I was dancing. Um, it was fun. It was it was nice to be able to go to Dolly's class and uh, be able to share the floor with all of her beginner dancers out there. Um, I walked in and they were in the middle of a lesson, which I believe it was We Danced, which I believe is a new, tra- uh, new dance by Roy Verdonk and I believe Jeff Camps. Um, and after that, we, I think we did Won't Back Away, and then I, uh, reviewed the teach I've been doing there the last couple weeks, which is Whiskey Bridges by Madison Glover, and we danced Rita's Waltz, and we danced K's for Kicks, and yeah, and it was a really nice way to start off my morning. Lucky. Although I do enjoy singing. I'm pulling up a spreadsheet here. The playlist for Boogie Till the Cows Come Home. But this spreadsheet makes me think about a project you've been working on. Is there anything that you would like to say about it in preparation for its release, hopefully in the near future? Yes, certainly hopefully in the near future here. Um, Well, it started with a request from a friend of ours... Uh, down in SoCal who wants to challenge herself and learn more dances. And I think both of us kind of approached it with the same forethought and questions, which were along lines of, well, what kind of dances did you want to learn? How difficult? Um, Did you want to learn bar dances? Did you want to learn dances that are done in like... Uh, really popular on the circuit? Are you looking for the crossovers? Are you looking for the waltzes? Are you looking for high energy? Uh, what, what are you, where are you going with this? And she pretty much summed it up with she wants to challenge herself and learn anything and everything. So then I started looking at, uh, a list of things. And I know it's difficult because when you list certain dances, Several dances share a similar name, and so you don't always know which one you're talking about. So I decided that I was going to put together a list of dances, and then I was going to link step sheets to the name of the dances, so then all you have to do is click on that, and it'll bring you straight to the correct step sheet to the dance in which I am referring to. Um, and just because I am who I am, I decided to also credit the choreographer in another category. And then I thought about, you know, typing out the song and the artist that in which it's danced to. And then to go one step further, I created a link in Spotify to the dance title. And then I thought about how Rachel has all these amazing demos and these amazing tutorials available on her Vimeo channel now that I started linking those as well. So now this spreadsheet has just a list of dances with the step sheet link, the choreographer, the song with the link, 
a demo video with a link and a tutorial video with a link. And just because I'm me, I want to give people as much possible information as they can, I started listening to difficulty levels as well. Then I decided that I wanted to go one step further and I wanted to start doing categories. So now, the categories I'm currently looking at, and they're all on all of these pages as long as they fit that said category. I have the master list, which is a list of all of them. Then I have the country and the non-country in two separate categories. And then I have all the different difficulty levels, so beginner through advanced. And then I have the ones where I, I claim that I feel pretty. Um, I have the high energy. I have the classics. I have a list for making it contra because some dances are so much fun when you switch them up and dance them contra as opposed to their original choreography. And I also even actually have right now, a at the very end, is a list of the dances I have on my to learn list just so that I have everything all in one place. Um, oh, I actually even just recently added a new category, which is dances that are danced at Sonoma State Line Dance Club. So I have all of these sheets in Excel that have all the different lists of dances. And I plan on, once I get it all kind of up and running, to go ahead and share that on Facebook so that anybody can see it whenever they want. And they can go ahead and click on it and see what pretty much dances we do and listen to the musics. Um I definitely have playlists set up in Spotify so that it hits every single one of these categories. So you have the master list, you have the beginner list, and you know the I feel pretty list and all of that in order of the way of the, the dances on the spreadsheet. This way you can listen to them and see if there's any particular track that speaks to you. So yeah, that's been uh, my spare homework that I assigned myself over the last week, week and a half now. Is this your first time working on a list of this kind? Technically, no. No, it's not. Um, it actually... You helped inspire it. We definitely worked together on the marathon list or the event list, which we broke down in a different kind of way. Um, we did the category of the dance difficulty level, who knew it, and then we broke down with just a ton of different choreographers all the way across the board and put X's in whichever category um, it qualified for for the choreographer. And at the end, we had the step sheet and then a song list. Um, and that was more along the lines of like if we were going to an event where Rachel was at, we wanted to look at all the different Rachel dances. It was easier to find that way to know, oh, this is Rachel. Um, look at all these dances. You can click and organize it that way. Um, same thing if, you know, if you're going to a place where Gary's at or Joey, we can always switch uh, and look at the different choreographers and just make sure that we have a couple dances that we can share the floor with them. So... But uh, yeah, there's also the the list that we have working with the um, what's danced in club versus what we plan to teach. 
So, yeah, no, it's not my first time, but I'm definitely finessing it so that it's a little bit more structured and it covers everything all in one Excel file just on different sheets. All right. Thank you for filling us in on that. As I look here at Mr. DJ John Trentacosti's spreadsheet in which he breaks down alphabetically dances that he played at Boogie Till the Cows Come Home this past weekend in Corning, California. Uh, as well as below that, he has the lists as they were played. So top section is alphabetical, lower section is as they were played in the actual room. What can you tell us to introduce people to the boogies, Boogie Till the Cows Come Home experience as we experienced it? Um, well, experience is definitely one of the good adjectives, I'd say, in describing uh, what Boogie is. It certainly is its own entity, and it's an experience that I am so grateful we've been able to have for the last two years. It is. It starts with a, a welcome dance on Friday night. Then you have a one day full of workshops and fun and games. And then you have a social dance Saturday night. And then as it was tradition, Sunday morning there's a brunch for everyone. However, this this year was a little tricky as seeing as Michael and Michelle have recently moved. And so they had to figure out what they were going to do about that. But... It is themed every year. This year, we were the Corn Tucky Derby, since it was taking place in Corning, California. And every year, there's a bunch of tables and a bunch of teams that go all out and decorate the tables for whatever theme it is. And... We were lucky enough to be placed with uh, Charlotte Skeeter's team, and that was a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, it was. It, it certainly is a nice, fun, full day of great experiences, lots of laughter, lots of games, and a lot of dancing. Uh, I know this year we were lucky enough to be able to assist Michael and Michelle by helping them host the Friday night welcome dance. Um, I really, really appreciated being given that opportunity. It was a lot of fun to being able to be helpful and be there and dancing and, you know, taking care of the little teeny tiny things that needed to be taken care of. That was fun for me. What about you? One thing I noticed was that the drive was not as long in how it felt as it might have felt if uh, I had gone solo or if I hadn't had such a conversational traveling partner. What route did we take to get to Corning from Sonoma County? Oh, we were all over the map. Was it Calistoga? The windy trails up and down mountains and through vast tracts of land. It's very pleasant and sunny out. 
Three hours, would you say? Mm-hmm. You were the driver. Figure you'd probably know. And it just kind of breezed past. I was looking at the map. If we had taken, say, 80 and 5 and just gone up straight line on a major freeway, that looked like something to dread. But this one was easy. It was pretty easy on the way back as well. Got there for setup. We were there a little early. Um, I filmed, or you filmed for me, a demo of the improver dance that I'm entering at Boston Showdown next weekend. And shortly after that, people started showing up at the door. Even though doors weren't open, they were sneaky in some cases and managed to hide behind the DJ on his way in. Marcy! Yeah. Some of our South Bay people from Boots and Buckles and Quick Steppers, namely... Marcy! Yeah. (laughs) Sneaky, sneaky Pete's. Uh, At 6.30, we opened the doors and took people for registration and marked whether they had already paid and were now present or had not yet paid and were joining us as sort of a surprise. And then we got into Open Dance. And I have the Open Dance playlist right here. As played, Boogie, Friday Night. Courtesy of DJ John Trentacosti. The one you're waiting on. Solo Amour. Uptown Funk. Sinatra and Chardonnay. Tightrope. VIP. Simplemente. Beautiful. Wonderful. Gentleman. Blessed. Take me to the river. Whistle. While you work it. Toes. Time to surrender. Hot tamales. To the moon and back. On the water. Pontoon. Teenage dreams. Perfect. Summer sway. True believer. Fifty ways. Tush push. Girl crush. Lay low. Pull you through. Can't walk away. Sweet Caroline. Ain't misbehaving. My reason. People are good. All the king's horses. I wanna. Bittersweet memory. Electric love. Something in the water. Wow! Tokyo, the nighttime, rain against my window, Bossa Nova, Jesse James, Love Remains, Champagne Promise, Chill Factor, River of Dreams, So Just Dance, etc. Lady in Red, Gypsy Queen, Beautiful Goodbye, Stitches, American Kids, Tell Your Heart to Beat Again, My New Life. It doesn't look like we did a whole lot of dancing the first night as we were playing host and hostess. We didn't. There was probably about five total, I think. 
there was one where the people who came to relieve us of our front desk duties, um, there was one where they insisted that we go out and dance it. And I think that was hot tamales. Yeah. And then we went back for a little while and I don't think I did tush push, but that was when it started to get closer. And I think you did pull you through Mm -hmm. and we both did can't walk away, which was requested by someone else. I'm not sure who. Yeah, well, it definitely wasn't requested by me. Okie dokie. That was Friday night. They ended a little early. What was it, 10, 15, something like that? Something like that. Yeah. And where did we stay? Best Western Corning, I think. I think that was right. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the following morning, we opted not to make use of their breakfast bar and eat... A, a sound breakfast. Yeah, we slept in. <laughs> we definitely slept in. Until checkout. And then until late checkout. <laughs> yeah. And that was the day of Boogie itself, for which I have the calendar here. 11 to 11.30, riders up on the dance floor. Parentheses, open dance. 11.30 to 11.35, track stewards welcome. Morning workout. Whiskey Bridges, beginner. Dancing Like Lovers, beginner. 11.35 to 11.50 and 11.50 to 12.05. After that was open dance and floor splits from 12.05 to 12.15, and they were pre-listed. People Are Good slash Whiskey Bridges, which was just taught. Love Me or Leave Me Alone slash Dancing Like Lovers. And Hurts Like a... Cha-cha! Yes. We got there... During the teach of Whiskey Bridges. Mm-hmm. And right at the end. That was one that we already knew, so it was all right. It was a good time to be there. Next up, out of the gate, hide the wine, intermediate lesson. 12.15 to 1 o'clock. After that was open dance slash floor splits, during which we had eyes for you, blessed slash cruising, and pull you through slash rolling rhythm, from 1 to 110. Next up was Loosen the Reins, Cracklin' Rosie, Easy Intermediate Lesson. 110 to 150. After that was Open Dance and Floor Splits, Champagne Promise, Double Down Two Step Slash Gypsy Queen, and Ghost of You Slash Lipstick Tango. And I was definitely in the Lipstick Tango camp during their playing of the song ghost of you from 150 to two o'clock and then they reviewed hide the wine after that after the 210 two o'clock to 210 review of hide the wine dark horse favorite out dancing easy intermediate lesson from 210 to 255 this was then changed from the program to what they actually taught, which was tie of my life. Then they had open dance from 255 to 3. Very simply, they played Lonely Drum. Next up, featured race Boogie Cup Classic, 3 o'clock to 335. It says, having a cell phone and the right number is a good bet here. This was a social game slash exercise that got people moving around and talking to each other. Lots of fun. After that was Open Dance, Sweet Caroline, played from 335 to 340. 
Down the Home Stretch, Man of the Woods, Easy Intermediate Lesson, 340 to 415. Open Dance slash Floor Splits, they had Hello Dolly, Perfect slash Rolling Rhythm, and VIP from 415 to 425. Classic Finish, What's Your Name, High Beginner Lesson, from 425 to 5 o'clock. Then, Paddock Closed for Show Practice from 5 to 6. Dinner was from 6.15 to 7. I believe I was napping in the car during a good portion of dinner and the time when the people were doing show practice. After that, Derby Entertainment, a.k.a. The Show, from 7 to 7.20. And finally, Boogie, till the cows come home, till 10.45. That was open dance. The credits on all of the teaches listed earlier. It says, Dances Taught Today. Name of dance and choreographer. Cracklin' Rosie, taught by Susan Dodge. Dancing Like Lovers, taught by Roger Ingmeyer. Hide the Wine. Choreographer. Oh, I see. Yes. Not so much choreographer or um, instructor of the lesson as choreographer behind the dance. Susan Dodge had Cracklin' Rosie, Roger Ingmeyer, Dancing Like Lovers, Barr slash Burton, that's Michael Barr and Michelle Burton, Hide the Wine, Rhoda Lye, choreographer of Man of the Woods, and Daniel Trepat and Allison Johnstone are the choreographers of Out Dancing, but the actual teach was Simon Ward's Tie of My Life, not listed in the program. And then finally, Michael Barr had What's Your Name, which was also taught recently at Sonoma State Line Dance Club. There was also a note from Michael Barr here in the program. Oh, and I guess it's actually from Michelle now that I'm looking at it. It says, Michael and I would like to thank each and every one of you who offered to help in a number of ways after hearing of his Steve McQueen-style accident. Yes, we can laugh a little now, but do not take what happened lightly. A higher power was looking after him at 6.45 a.m. that morning, giving us the opportunity to continue a life together and assess priorities moving forward. The outpouring of love is amazing. Your support and assistance is unwavering. Without that, this year's boogie would have been difficult. The dance community is a very special entity, one we are proud and fortunate to be part of. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Then there's a little picture of a heart there. They have a little write-up about the event just before the program as well. For now, let us jump to open dance as we scroll up here to Boogie Saturday. And this would be dances played over the course of the day, some of which I have already read, but in case any were missed, here we go. Come dance with me, Mama Maria, The Nighttime, The One You're Waiting On, Beautiful Goodbye, Survive slash DHSS, True Believer, Chocolate City Hustle. Whiskey Bridges, which is a Glover teach, Madison Glover. Dancing Like Lovers, which is the Ingmeyer teach, People Are Good slash Whiskey Bridges, Love Me or Leave Me Alone slash Dancing Like Lovers, Hurts Like a Cha-Cha. Hide the Wine, which was an M&M teach, that's Michael and Michelle. Eyes for You, Blessed slash Cruisin', Pull You Through slash Rollin' Rhythm, Cracklin' Rosie, which was a Susan Dodge teach, then Champagne Promise, Double Down Two Step slash Gypsy Queen, Ghost of You slash... 
Lipstick Tango, Hide the Wine Review. Tie of My Life, Simon Ward Teach. Lonely Drum, Take Me to the River. Yeah, Strip It Down. Dizzy, Hello Dolly. Then there was the Boogie Cup Classic. Sweet Caroline, Crazy Foot Mambo, I Wanna. And then Man of the Woods, which is the Rodelai Teach. Gypsy Queen, Perfect Slash Rolling Rhythm, VIP, and What's Your Name, which was the Michael Barr Teach. Open Dance. Saturday Night. Beer for My Horses, Rio, East to West 17, Wandering Hearts, Hot Tamales, Italiano, Girl Crush slash Rolling Rhythm, TTS Boogie. Before I continue, what are your thoughts on TTS Boogie? It's at the top of my must-learn list. And why is that? Well, for one... It's uh, music says something along the lines of Boogie Till the Cows Come Home. And two, it just looked like a lot of fun. And um, I didn't like that I was missing out on the fun. One Wall Dance. Probably could have followed it, but then it got tricky with, with its counting. So it'll be one that we just learn and then dance when we're confident. Blessed slash Cruisin'. Whiskey Bridges Review. Everybody's Groovin' slash Lay Low. Islands in the Stream, Tie of My Life slash Until the Dawn, Evergreen, Stitches, Champagne Promise, Yeah! One of the dances I requested, Happy Dance, which was surprise floor split uh, after Michael and Michelle asked if I would do a quick, very quick walkthrough slash teach. The floor split was K's for Kicks. So I ended up doing Case for Kicks instead of Happy Dance. I still got to enjoy all the people going up, up, up in the back of the room. After that was another floor split. Can't walk away with Lay Low. After that was Zenyatta's Waltz slash Dancing Like Lovers, X's and O's, Solo Amor, Boots slash Come Dance With Me, Fly Like a Bird, which was another one of my requests, I Won't Back Down slash Blue Night Cha, You Let Me Shine, A Love Worth Waiting For, Making History, Black Dresses, Rain Against My Window, neither of those last two we learned in time, even though they were on our list, but at least they didn't play American Pop, which was also on our list, and then we would have felt even worse. <laughs> Man of the Woods, Prancing Pony, also on our list, a Bay Area classic. Extreme Love, Lonely Drum, Storybook Endings, Frankie Fever, Tightrope. Another one of my requests, Zydeco Lady. Thank you, Louie, at Las Vegas Dance Explosion 2017 for introducing me to Zydeco Lady. DHSS, another one of my requests. Have Fun Go Mad, What's Your Name Review, Bossa Nova, Pull You Through, American Kids. Thoughts on any of these dances that were played during Saturday's open dance? I had a lot of fun on most of them, honestly. Um, there was quite a few I didn't know, like tightrope, for instance, is one I haven't learned yet. Um, I was disappointed that we didn't get to our learn list of Michael dances. Um, I think I almost have pull you through. I did very much enjoy getting able, being able to dance uh, DHSS and Zydeco Lady. Those were fun surprises. Um... I thought they did a really good job on the floor splits, honestly. I was very pleasantly surprised when they floor split 
uh, everybody's grooving with lay low and how well lay low hit that was a pleasant interesting experience um yeah i mean i think everybody had a lot of fun and there was a lot of people out there dancing the whole time which was nice to see and yeah i think they just did a, a really good job with the event and the fun didn't stop there because, after all, Corning is very close to Chico, California. Where did we stop after Boogie Till the Cows Come Home? I don't remember what it's called. Crazy Horse Saloon <laughs> in Chico, California. That's what it Crazy Horse Saloon. That's where we went. <laughs> yep. What were some of the standout features of Crazy Horse Saloon that you recall? Well, one of the things I really liked was their stage. I liked that they had a stage that it looked like from the dance floor you could just about see anybody on the stage that would potentially be teaching. Um, I really always enjoy when there's booths that surround the dance floor. I feel like it just it's easier to get in and out of the booth to the dance floor and from the dance floor to the booth. Um the costumes were quite interesting. Costumes? Yeah, the girls had like shorts on and cowboy boots. What girls are these? These are the workers and slash dancers. Um, they had chaps on, bright red fringe on them that says, what was it? I can't remember what they said. Probably crazy horse if I had to guess. But, yeah, something to that extent. Um... It was, yeah, I think some of them had just the CH on it, and then some of them said Crazy Horse. And then very, I guess almost bikini top-like shirts. Very bright red, sparkly sequency. Um, and they definitely knew how to dance. The few times they were able to come out and actually do some of the dances, they had a lot of fun with them, and... We're showing people some of the moves. So that was cool. Uh, they had a bull. True country bar fashion. They had a bull. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I really... It was a lot to take in for your first night. And a short night at that. Because we got there as late as we did. So it's not like we were there at like 8 o'clock to really ease into and absorb the surroundings. So what else did they have that I missed? Well, it was about a half-hour drive there, and we did hang out to take down the set at Boogie, taking down the signs and the little gummy stuff that sticks the, the posters up and uh, general cleaning. We By the time we got to Crazy Horse, even though Open Dance ended at 10.45, we didn't get there until a few minutes before midnight. There were lasers, green lasers. That's right. There... Are fog machines. Ah. Very colorful beverages. A barber shot chair where they dip you back and then put stuff in your mouth and whipped cream and a cherry and all that. And then they prop you back up, right? The dancers are the same. The um, dancers on staff are the same ones serving jello shots or uh, tube, like test tube shots. I think it was an apple shot, is what they offered me. And it looks like it was in like a little test tube thingy. There were a few dances that were p 
played as one might just expect you would see like if they're playing the song for outlaw of course they did the outlaw whiskey drinking sob cupid shuffle was cupid shuffle i think they might have even done a a remix version of cha-cha slide and then there were times we had to get creative i think we did get to do in a hick town that was just in a hick town um to the song hick town by jason aldean we did lonely drum to something i don't even know what that when we did that one, it was fast, but then we did, um, double XL. Oh yes. Double XL. We got to do to the song double XL. I think we might've done Prairie strut to something. Oh, Oh, you know what it was fishing in the dark. That's right. Because they were doing prancing pony, Neil Hale's prancing pony to fishing in the dark at boogie till the cows come home. And we don't know prancing pony yet. So we did Prairie strut in the back by Hedy McAdams. We then got to do it again in a completely different scene at Crazy Horse Saloon. We also did Honky Tonk Twist to, what was it, Run Around Sue? I think it was Run Around Sue. And then after that, Great when Great Balls, Balls of Fire... That would have been Lonely Drum, right? Oh, I'm not sure. What would that have been for? I remember it was a weird song and it worked. Hmm. I know we did uh, a walk in Wazi to something later or earlier. Somewhere that was one of the earlier ones, I think. Oh, uh, what else? We did. We did an alley cat to something. I don't remember what we did too. That's true. We did. I think yeah, you were doing it, and then I followed you because I hadn't done it in so long. Oh, <laughs> uh, we also did a slap in leather to something. That was when we were on the side booth. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, some of these dances are versatile. We did not do any Redneck Angel that I recall. But there were some songs that were slow enough that we probably could have. And we just didn't want to. Mm. Oh, I think we did a Country Girl Shake It For Me to something. And it wasn't Country Girl Shake It For Me. We did. I have no idea what it was. Yeah. But we did. Mm. I remember that being a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else was there. Did we do any tush push? I don't recall doing any tush push. That seems like it would have been one of the easiest ones to set to something, but we didn't. No eye candy, no MIB. I don't th- did we do any Bob? Go ahead. We did an electric slide. That's true. We definitely did that. Uh, I don't recall any Mbop. Hmm. Yeah, there's some of these dances that we have on a cheat sheet, which we should probably update now with dances that we know um, as of like the last three years since Mavericks closed and the world changed. Um, yeah, I mean, there are these like little chunks where you can kind of estimate if it's super slow, it's probably going to be Redneck Angel. 10 beats faster than that, maybe Country Girl Shake It For Me. And then there's this whole flexible range between like 115 and 160 where things just feel like a fast version of this or a slow version of that. And then as you get to the upper ranges, you start getting into like slapping leather, walking wazzy, 
Uh, I think you can do an eye candy at some speeds. K is for kicks. You can do it at high speeds. If you're really ambitious, you can do Broken Heart to some things. I've done it to Folsom Prison Blues before when people have played it live. Yeah, it's good to have a few dances ready. You know, some 32 count, no tag, no restart dances. That way you can just set it to anything. So yeah, we stayed till closing. We talked to the DJ. His name is Buck. I had met him before. Neat guy. At um, Crazy Horse, they have what they, they have a ladies' night, and then later they have a uh, at some point during the week they have a buck night. I think admission for someone, maybe it's guys, I don't know, is a buck, and his name is Buck. It's all very clever, and I think it's it's cool that they they play into that. Oh. They don't do formal line dance, actually. Even though the team leads line dances, they don't seem to have like a regularly scheduled lesson or anything like that. He said he's trying to bring it in. But, I mean, I'm sure he has so many things to do since his bar. And he DJs there as well. If we lived closer, I'm sure we could probably make something happen. But anyway, that was Crazy Horse Saloon. And that was in Chico. That night we went to Michael and Michelle's house where we stayed because it's also in Chico and they were nice enough to uh, lend us a place to sleep. Yep. Then we hung out with them all day the next day and we learned all sorts of things about line dance history and we came home with lots of reading material from years past like Line Dancer Magazine and Country... Was it Country Line Times or something like that? Yeah. We got to see lots of photos, lots of big hair. Joe on like every other page of the magazines that were out back then. Lots of cool stuff. I look forward to going through all of those in depth. I like the range of line dance we got to experience this uh, this past weekend, especially going as abruptly as we did from Boogie to Crazy Horse. And then club. Line dance club we had on Monday and then also on Wednesday. And since we're looking at things that we did in line dance this week, including Dolly's class in the morning, I noticed last night that looking at what we did at club for Wednesday is very us. And what I mean by that is that we have an interest in all of line dance. Uh, Going from top to bottom here, we have a teach of a brand new dance that Rachel still hasn't released a step sheet for because it's just that new. And she has a, a video tutorial on her Vimeo for it. It's called See You Strut. So we have brand new cutting edge circuit line dance. Next, we have all of our reviews. Bad Leroy Brown. Pretty obscure, but still circuit, um, danced by Joe and John Kinzer. What's Your Name? Classic, but I would say regional circuit from like 20 years ago. And I don't see it at every event, but it is definitely done at the ones where Michael is, if people 
bug the DJs to play it. And then we have Got Your Number on the other end of the spectrum of circuit, where it's on the newer side, an up-and-comer. And I say up-and-comer like he hasn't been around for the last 10, 15 years all over the world, but Darren Bailey. And then we have The Wolf, another up-and-comer, but even though he has also been around a while, he hasn't been doing a lot of extensive touring or anything, mostly he's in the competition scene right now, John Lieberman. So there we have two new dances. Uh, the Wolf has crossover um, appeal right now between country bars as well as some circuit teaches. Finally, we have Have Fun, Go Mad, which is also a classic like What's Your Name, but that's one of those worldwide classics where it will be done at every event, like forever. And these were all just the ones that we reviewed. Then we had the ones that we danced, which include Cannibal Stomp, obscure, very obscure West Coast regional classic um, that a lot of people even here who do like the 25-year-old classics don't remember very well. Um, Like people will still do, say, like Fly Like a Bird or Zydeco Lady, but not everybody even remembers Cannibal Stomp. Um, so we we did that like it's just this normal thing that we dance. We also did stitches, which is you know a worldwide opening of open dance hit from Amy, um, one of the younger folks. Going even younger, we have boots by another up and comer, and again up and comer like she hasn't been doing this for what twenty three, twenty four years since she was born. Madison Glover, a very exciting new dance that's gotten a lot of traction. Um, then off the chain and trespassing, kind of hitting that uh, that youth appeal. Whereas you know you have Cannibal Stomp, which is sort of just uplifting and you know kind of kind of weird and quirky with the arm stuff. Then you have trespassing and off the chain, and they also have weird uh, weird arm stuff. But that's like cool weird arm stuff. And then after that we have Too Sexy, which also has weird arm stuff and is more in the vein of Cannibal Stomp but is new yet obscure by Debbie Rushton from a completely different continent, as was Boots. You know, from Australia, we have Debbie Rushton from uh, Europe, I I believe specifically in the UK, just as uh, Trespassing and Off the Chain involve Fred Whitehouse from the UK. Then we have, just jumping all over the place here, super regional and obscure... Uh, Trolls Got the Feeling from Stephanie Miller, which I don't believe has a step sheet yet, but is one wall and fun and kid-friendly, as opposed to like the you know older rap and Kesha and stuff. You know, with a very cute, cute song, Can't Stop the Feeling, that she has for her first graders. Bad Girl Barbie, which uh, is newer and also partly by a local... Actually, if you consider California overall to be local, then a couple of local choreographers in Bracken Ellis and Megan Barsulia. And then a random surprise from Carrie, Kendra, and Jillian who learned Zoot Suit, a 16-count dance in their kinesiology class. And it's it's got a step sheet. It's on Copernob. So we are all over the place. You know, we've got the ancient ancient and line dance history terms, dances, um, that are both regional and worldwide. And then we have the newer dances, which are, you know, crowd pleasers and very poppy and also, you know, the cool late night ones. 
And then you have the new, new, new people like Jono and Megan with the wolf and bad girl Barbie, as well as like crossover dances like the wolf and like stitches and boots. And then the ones that you probably won't see anywhere else because we just like to have our local cultural flavor. And that's where you got Trolls Got the Feeling and Cannibal Stomp. And, you know, you're not going to see what's your name a lot of places. Badly Roy Brown was uh, it was a request from somebody in club to learn some some dance to that song. And then Zoot Suit. I don't even know what to make of that. <laughs> so, yeah. Kind of expanding on what I mentioned about going from Boogie to Crazy Horse. I like how representative just last night was of our interests in the line dance world. Yep. All right. So at this point, we have reported to you Boogie Till the Cows Come Home, as well as what we've been doing this week, as well as what you've been working on lately with that spreadsheet. I think it might be time to jumpstart our thinking. Where did we leave off? I think it's an excellent question. I think it was page 30 or day 36 because we didn't want to have a weird number like 37. So now we're on 37. Jumpstart your thinking. John C. Maxwell. A 90-day improvement plan. Day 37. You can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. Creativity can improve a person's quality of life. Here are five specific things creative thinking has the potential to do for you. Adds value to everything. Creativity is being able to see what everybody else has seen and think what nobody else has thought so that you can do what nobody else has done. No matter what you are currently able to do, creativity can increase your capabilities. Creative, creative thinking has the potential to do also this next bullet point, which is compounds given enough time and focus. Creative thinking builds on itself and increases the creativity of the thinker. Draws people to you and your ideas because creativity is magnetic. Creativity is intelligence having fun. I like that. People admire intelligence and they are always attracted to fun. So the combination is fantastic. Helps you learn more. If you are always actively seeking new ideas, you will learn. Creativity is teachability. It's seeing more solutions than problems. Challenges the status quo. The status quo and creativity are incompatible. Creativity and innovation always walk hand in hand. Describe the difference that creativity has made in three of your past successes. If you were to increase your creativity, where do you think you would most benefit? 
I guess one of the big things that I would benefit in increasing my creativity certainly would be in choreography. Um, I've gotten better over the last year about trying new things and weird things and just kind of letting my body explore what's going on and then figuring out whether or not I liked it or didn't or if it flows or if it doesn't. Uh, Another thing that I think creativity for me that I'm looking forward to exploring is when we're looking at hosting our own socials and workshops and just kind of trying to find ways to make them as memorable as possible for people so that they're that enjoyable they'll want to come back and they'll just love the time that they spent there I think that's going to be the big thing um And I guess in a certain way, it helps having someone to bounce your ideas off of. Because I know like you're an extremely creative person and we can get on a topic and you'll say something and I'll build off of that and then you'll build off what I said and I'll build off what you said and go kind of go back and forth. And I think that alone has helped encourage my creative side a little bit more. Uh because of the fact that it's a safe environment and sometimes you need that just that little bit of spark to get going so I think that's that certainly helped me where do I think I would most benefit well let's see describe the difference that creativity has made in three of your past successes Choreographing. Recently, we had a couple of submissions to the USLDCC finals. One of them was my Improver Dance, which really just came definitely through a, a series of several iterations, but mostly just kind of through sweat. I just listened to it on loop in my room, which is not a very big space, in my socks. And I think I was still wearing my gig clothing, so black slacks and like a dress shirt. And the lights were off, and I just kind of kept going around from wall to wall seeing what worked and what felt good I tried to change this one part that was kind of weird but every time I tried to change it it would just keep calling me back until it was the only thing that felt right to do and I think that has I mean, regardless of whatever happens in the finals I would call that a past success because I ended up with something that I'm really excited by that I enjoy doing that I think about when I'm not doing it. And creativity is, in that case, manifest in that weird step that doesn't really have a name yet because I haven't seen it before. It's rare, I think, to find steps in line dance that don't have names already. Like, I remember the first time I saw a swivet and thought that was interesting because I had already seen swiveling the left heel to the left, let's say, and I had seen fanning the right toe to the right. But doing them together is weird and interesting. So getting to do something like that, something brand new that somehow works 
but isn't familiar. It was very exciting, and I would say creative. So there's one. And then recently, good Lord, our phrase dance, our phrase dance, has one section that's in 7-4 timing. So the count on that is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Or to be more precise, in our dance's case, it would be 1, 2, and 3, and 4, 5, 6, 7. 1, 2, and 3, and 4, 5, 6, 7. After that, our part B has 10 counts. So you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 1, 2, 3, 4. Because there's a four count tag. And then we go back into another 10 counts. And then we go into another 10 counts. Then we go back into our seven counts. And eventually at the near end of dance, we have normal 4-4 timing. Sections of eight. Easy peasy. Finding steps that match those weird time signatures required creativity. And we worked on it mostly at Hot Monk Tavern in Novato before we started our lessons, which incidentally was the same day as the deadline which was after Hot Monk. So we were working on it over the course of the night and just kind of doing whatever felt like it kind of worked and kind of came naturally. And then when we went back to my place and you know played with Part C in the garage, it was like, okay, let's try... Okay, that didn't work. Start of it. Oh, well, no, I need to go the other direction. So it's just constantly test, discard, restart, Test, try something different, discard, keep what you like, move on, test another thing, discard, and try to get through some counts and put it all together in a way that kind of makes sense. I kind right? Yeah, I kind of liked that it forced us to do something finally because we have so many of these wish list songs and all these songs that we think, oh, well, we need more time. We need to do this song justice. But you know when we actually do any work on these dances is when we have deadlines. Because now that the pressure's off and we don't have to put something out, we have not touched the ones that we say, oh, we need more time on these. So sometimes having that, uh, that limitation can spur your creativity. And it's a, a kind of a necessary evil. And it's not even really evil. So there's another one of the three. What else has been a recent success? Past success. Creativity. What else have we been creative in lately? Mm-hmm. I might have to come back to that. If I were to increase my creativity, where do I think I would most benefit getting weirder, and becoming more informed about a wider variety of subjects. I think, and we've talked about this before, that if you really want to bring something innovative and new 
to a pretty established scene like line dance. You can't just take, I mean, you can, but it's not as interesting. Um, you can't just rely on taking existing elements within the field and mixing them up and trying to find a new way that they pop out. You will make a bigger leap towards something newer if you're bringing in something from an unrelated or seemingly unrelated field. I don't recall exactly what it was that I was thinking about specifically recently. But I was reading recently about music scenes and like underground music and the changes that happened when rock and roll came along and what that did to youth culture that wasn't even a thought before. And the ways that technology, like portable record players that you know kids could take to their room and play music secretly on, like all of these little things, radio players in the car, transistor radios that you could carry around, they changed what people could be exposed to. And then by being exposed to new things, they had new thoughts that hadn't been thought before by people in their position. And... I was thinking about the kinds of things that we've been exposed to in the last several years, like Rebecca's very innovative and creative videos and Guyton's hip-hop stylings and hand movements and Fred's ballet in, like, a bouncer's body. (laughs) So many things that weren't around, say, 20 years ago. And we get to see all of this happening kind of all at the same time. It's very exciting. And your brain, the first time it sees this stuff, is like, oh my goodness, Like, what, what is Roy doing with his body? That's inhuman. It's amazing and I can't look away. And then you, you're, you adjust to it. Your brain is like, well, I guess this is happening. This is a reality. And uh, we'll, just, we'll just see what we can do from here going forward, accepting this as the baseline. But when you compare it to like a previous baseline, like 20 years ago, everything we're seeing now is just crazy. Like live streams and 360 cameras and drones and Spotify. Lots, lots of new stuff. And we still try to innovate where we can with the the materials available to us. And, you know, with what is available in the future, who knows what we will come up with we may get closer to line dance in space. Perhaps. I think I think Megan might be line dancing in her dreams. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long day for Megan. It's so warm here. Also, it is California, and we are pretty well into spring at this point, you know, by at least a week, and this room is like a greenhouse right now. It's it's sweaty work to be on Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio with Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Barsulia. Whew. Looking back at this list, creativity draws people to you and your ideas because creativity is magnetic. I would say that is absolutely true of all the dancers that we see improving and playing with dances on the floor. They come up with stuff I would never have thought of just spontaneously or apparently spontaneously. And it makes you want to keep watching and figure out what they just did and if there's any way that maybe you could do something like that too. 
And they're having fun with it, which is the next thing here. It says, people admire intelligence and they're always attracted to fun, so the combination is fantastic. Uh, Helps you learn more. Creativity helps you learn more. If you are always actively seeking new ideas, you will learn. Creativity is teachability. It's seeing more solutions than problems. This definitely comes into play when you observe people's classes and you see how they teach certain concepts. Sound effects, for example. Hup, hup, hi, yap, and so on in Rachel's teach of stomp your feet. The ways that Cat Painter is able to connect to a bar audience and take people who consider themselves to be non-dancers and still get pretty sophisticated concepts across to them so that they can put those in their bodies and not worry about what they are or are not, whether they really are or really aren't a dancer. They just do the steps in a way that makes sense to them because Kat knows how to talk to them in that way and sees solutions to the problems of unconfidence or lack of a dance background or knowledge of terminology. She knows how to get around that and through that. Compounds given enough time and focus. You know, I was looking at uh, CU Strut, which is Rachel's newest dance, and I was watching the combinations that she came up with, the patterns that she came up with, and the ones I hadn't seen before. I thought, how does she keep making up new stuff? It seems like every time she puts out a new dance, there's something that has never been done before, even if it's just for a few counts. And I think, how does she know what has been done such that she knows how to put in something that hasn't been done? And it's just her years of knowledge, I think, like years of knowledge accumulation. She has seen so many dances that it probably comes naturally to her to try some iteration and be like, no, that feels boring. I think I've seen that somewhere before. And then just keeps trying it and trying it and trying it. And she'll say, ooh, I'm surprised by that. I have not seen that before in 20 years or 25 years or however long. And that's when she puts something new into her dance. I, this is, I'm just assuming. I really have no idea exactly how she comes up with it. I know in her interview on Line Dance Podcast, she mentioned instinct. She says that she just kind of feels it and kind of comes out. Uh, adds value to everything. Creativity adds value to everything. I've seen Kevin do this with Stonies, where a Tuesday might just be Tuesday. A Tuesday is second day of the week, nothing particularly exciting about it. But he, with Stonies, knows how to make an environment available for people. Stonies Rock and Rodeo in Sacramento, country bar. He knows how to make an environment available to people so that that Tuesday is their introduction to a new dance style like swing or West Coast, uh, two-step or West Coast swing or other partner dances. And now Tuesday is memorable and exciting and something to look forward to, which it never would have been otherwise. You have added value to Tuesday by finding a way to make it special. And he does this with his other nights as well like even let's say okay so now wednesday is college night or friday is a just a regular old dance night and yes just by having dance night you add value to friday by making it something to look forward to but even beyond that he knows how to differentiate each night from the other nights because yes wednesday's a dance night friday's a dance night saturday's a dance night You could see how they would easily run together if you weren't very creative with them. But Wednesday is 
college night. And all the younger folks hang out and they do all their stomps and kicks and hoots and hollers and lines that they say when the singer isn't actually saying those things, but they decide that they want to say something instead. That happens a lot on Wednesdays. That's a, a, a very specific culture to Wednesday dance nights at Stoney's. 21 and over dance nights on Saturdays, also very different. You have the older crowd, more classic dances, a lot more partner dancing going on on the outside. And then there's Friday. And you're like, well, well, what do you do with Friday? It's not, it's not Wednesday. It's not Prime rib dinner. $10 prime rib dinner. Can't miss it. Got to go on Friday. That's what makes it different. That's what makes it special. And then even beyond this. So now all of the nights are differentiated from each other. But now how do you differentiate each week from the week previous and after it? Because now, instead of Wednesday competing against Friday or against Saturday, you have Wednesday competing against Wednesday and Saturday competing against Saturday. How do you get people to go to both of the Saturdays and not just say, well, I went this week. I don't need to go next week. It's going to be the same experience. Holiday, holiday themes, uh, party type themes, giveaways, radio stations coming in and doing promotions. So now it's not just Wednesday like any other Wednesday. Now it's Wednesday with KNCI or Wednesday with a special discount or Wednesday with a St. Patrick's theme. Every day is special because Kevin has used his creativity to add a specific value to that one day out of the entire year beyond week to week and beyond day compared to day that one day even down to the hour like you have to come between six and eight to get this deal on the prime rib or something everything is significant uh, because humans have the power to just add meaning to places where there otherwise wouldn't be any if you didn't have a clock and you didn't have a dance floor and you didn't have colored lights and a dj and a schedule how would you know when to start dancing some dance versus waiting 20 minutes and doing the same dance later like Certain things can just be imposed and made special and different. That is how, in his case, he has added value to everything pertaining to Stonies. And then let's see what else we have here. Challenge this challenges the status quo was the last point on this particular list. Challenges the status quo. His bar is definitely different from any other bar I have seen. Even though other people have used, you know, similar type differentiations from night to night, you know. I think at the ranch or in cahoots or something, they have like redneck Sundays or like country music Saturday, something like that. Like they have different days and maybe they do some themes, but like as far as the status quo goes, he has a mixture of dances that are available that he encourages that make going to Stoney's different from going to any other bar that we've been to. I think also we challenge the status quo somewhat at Hot Monk because we do lessons all night. I don't know anybody else who does as many lessons as we do in one night at a country bar. And Hot Monk isn't necessarily specifically a country bar. It's a, a night that hosts what they bill as country line dancing, as does Twin Oaks, one of their sister properties, under the Hot Monk umbrella. And status quo says... Two lessons 
early in the night. If you miss him, tough luck. And then I think the way Elliot puts it, they have some of the dances that the older folks would know at the beginning. Nine o'clock, it turns over to certain dances like you know club standards, whatever those might be in a given area. And then after midnight, you either have it turn over to freestyle or to drunken line dancing like Copperhead Road, Wobble, Cupid Shuffle, that kind of thing. Mostly for freestyle and hip hop. So what do we do? We have our lessons at the beginning, and then we have our lessons after the beginning, and then we have our lessons after the after the beginning until about nine o'clock. And then we have requests. We sprinkle requests here and there over the course of the night as well. And there is never freestyle or hip hop where people just kind of go and grind and stuff because that's <laughs> not what we want. If if we have a choice, which we do, then we will not have any any port, part of the evening turned over to that because that's normal. That's what other places can do if they want to do it. If somebody wants that really badly, they can go to, say, Tradewinds or any other country bar where that's common. I know the Davis Graduate does not do that. I know Stoney's Rock and Rodeo does not do that. I love both of them for that. Agreed. Agreed. Wholeheartedly agreed. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we go the step further by teaching all night long so even people who have never gone out dancing before can work up a sweat and stay active for like three solid hours. And it's also people with different time schedules. So if they can't be there right at the start of it at 6 for Hot Monk or 7 for Twin Oaks, if they come at 8.30, they still have chances to get a couple lessons in, too. So they still get to learn a couple dances and then attend. A, they don't feel like they've wasted their time or their money. They get to sit down and enjoy when they choose to as opposed to having to. Moving on to day 38, there will be an interactive portion to this where Megan and I will be alternating down a couple of different columns. But for now, day 38, you cannot dig a hole in a different place by digging the same hole deeper. Edward de Bono. So, how do you find your creativity? How do you discover the joy of creative thought? I am going to give five ways to do it over the next five days, which, which for us is like the next 30 minutes. First, remove creativity killers. Eliminate attitudes that devalue creative thinking, such as any of the following phrases. We can alternate going down these columns. I'm not creative. It's never been done. Follow the rules. It can't be done. Don't ask questions. It didn't work for them. Don't be different. We tried that before. Stay within the lines. I don't want it. No, um, <laughs> it's too much work. Don't be foolish. We don't have the time. Be serious. We don't have the money. Think of your image. Yes, but... It's not practical. Failure is final. If you think you have a great idea... Don't let anyone talk you out of it, even if it sounds foolish line dance in space. Don't let yourself or anyone else subject you to creativity killers. After all, you can't do something new and exciting if you force yourself to stay in the same old rut. Make a change. Identify the creativity <coughs> killers in your thinking. 
Begin by looking at my list. Look at that list. How will you work to break out of your box of limitations and overcome creativity killers so that you can explore ideas and options to experience breakthroughs? One of my favorite things that I learned a while ago, and I've said it on the podcast several times now, self-fulfilling prophecies. And same thing along the lines, I think there's a quote that's like, whether you think you can or you think you can, you can't, you're right. Um, it's the idea that if you go into something thinking it's not going to work or thinking that it's going to fail or if you don't even try something because of those, you're right. It's not going to work. It's going to fail. But if you go in with the, well, even though it hasn't worked before, maybe this time I'll figure it out. Maybe this time I'll get it right. You have that chance and you give it a fighting opportunity to work. Yes, there's still a lot of things you have to work through. There's still a lot of fears and closed doors that you have to open and it can be challenging but it's very doable and it's kind of amazing what happens when you start looking at things with a positive and possibility as opposed to the negative and just nope that's not going to work and this is where Obtaining or working toward a wider education can really help because let's say you're trying to choreograph something and you have an idea of what rhythm you want based on what you hear in the music, but everything you've tried doesn't make sense and doesn't flow. And you think, I'm just not creative enough. I don't know how to make something that does what I want it to do because that's not the kind of person I am. I can't just come up with stuff. But you don't have to come up with stuff necessarily. You just have to you don't have to be creative as long as you are observant and patient and willing to work really hard to look through a lot of dances at about that tempo and try to find where somebody somewhere out of thousands and thousands of dances made that rhythm work for their dance. And we've tested stuff. When we had this really slow piece that was like 90 beats per minute and we didn't really know what to do with it and nothing felt right, Like I think after a while we just kind of gave up on creativity and we started looking at other dances that were about that tempo and saw, well, what do they do in their dance that's different? That's not just toe, heel, stomp toe, heel, stomp, like redneck, angel, and whatever else. Like Within the limitations that we have of tempo, but with each individual's creativity and ingenuity and willingness to test something different for their individual project. Because, of course, not every 95 beats per minute dance will end up being exactly the same. They must have tried something different in one from what was done in another. So you just keep looking around. You don't have to, like I said, you don't have to use your own creativity or trust that you will even come up with anything. You just have to see what they did and just be observant and hunt and, and dig and do lots of Google searching. And 
if you can't, if you don't know how to look for dances specifically, because of course you've never seen the dance before, how do you know to look for it? Well, then you just look for songs. There are ways to look for similar beats per minute songs. And then you say, okay, this song, it's country. It's probably got a dance. Let's look it up. Oh, look, there are five dances to it. Let's see what each of those five did to try to hit what they were hitting and see if their rhythm is similar to our rhythm. And then maybe like seven eighths of it you don't like, but there's one really cool count and it's like an in-step kick or something weird. You think, okay, I have one count out of 32 that I like. Let's keep looking. There's, there's some way, there's some answer out there if you think that there will be one. If you think, well, no, it's impossible because I, 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 took, I took like a good seven minutes and just nothing came. So I guess it's impossible. Nobody's able to do this sort of thing. Give it to Rachel. I'm sure she could have figured it out. Um, one of the examples too with that is, and it's kind of along the same way wavelength. It's not that we couldn't; it's that we weren't ready. Yes, we weren't ready, and we shelved something. And a year later, we now have a very cool dance to it. Um, we found a track when we were first starting to hang out and we were looking at music together that we both loved and it had very weird timing, very weird timing in it. And it was a little bit on the slower, more of a grounded feel. And neither one of us were ready for that yet. And we knew that, but we knew we really liked the song and we didn't want to give up on it. So a year later, we actually created a dance to it once we had more experiences under our belt and had danced different styles of dances. So there's that to think about, too. Yep, that's true. Yeah, the example I was thinking of was one that we completely abandoned, not even because we thought it couldn't be done, but it just wasn't really a priority. And it's okay because when we worked on other dances later to songs we liked more or connected with more closely, then we ended up coming up with cool stuff. So like, for example, there's this one song that I've, that I've been listening to for over a year now, and I haven't put anything together to it that I'm in love with, even though I know that there's some stuff that works kind of that project has just been like a non finisher for over a year. And then some random song will come up and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, I used to listen to that in like 2010. I bet you could do a little, mm, you know, it feels kind of nice if I just, oh, oh, whoops, I'm done. I finished another dance. Like what? Why was that one easy? <laughs> like sometimes if you if you set something down, like the one that we were working on at Nights In a year ago, uh, bum, 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 bum. that one we never came back to, but along the way, we learned about other rhythms and other possibilities. And like you said, the one that we came back to a year later was a much more challenging dance. And I'm glad that we have something to that. We don't necessarily need to ever finish the 90 to 95 beats per minute one. Mm -hmm. And if we do, you know, great. But the things that we would have needed to know at that time to come up with something for it, we ended up learning anyway. We just learned the, we learned them for other dances. We'll be more ready if we ever come back to it. Day 39. 
The uncreative mind can spot wrong answers, but it takes a creative mind to spot wrong questions. Sir Anthony Anthony J. The second way to find your creativity is to learn to ask the right questions. Wrong questions shut down the process of creative thinking. They direct thinkers down the same old path, or they chide them into believing that thinking isn't necessary at all. To stimulate creative thinking, ask yourself questions such as, Why must it be done this way? What is the root problem? What are the underlying issues? What does this remind me of? What is the opposite? What metaphor or symbol helps to explain it? Why is it important? Who has a different perspective on this? What happens if we don't do it at all? You get the idea, and you can probably come up with better questions yourself. If you want to think creatively, you must ask good questions and challenge the process. Think about one of your ideas that you believe has great potential, line dance in space. Develop your own list of questions to stretch that idea and get outside of your box. I'm not ready. <laughs> no. um, I, I don't necessarily like how they worded right questions versus wrong questions because I think as long as you're asking questions, you're starting. It's just more along the lines of keep the idea that you want to have something come of it, not to shoot it down when you're asking your questions. Um, I there are were some that I liked, which is the why must it be done this way? Uh, that that's certainly one of those rule breaker questions, if you ask me. Um, the metaphor symbol to help explain it. You're really good at those. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like a project that has great potential. We've we've been so many projects, so many projects we've talked about, and so many of them we've started brainstorming ideas for, and a lot of them we have to wait before we can see a final production, but. I feel like every time we go back to them, we ask better questions that get get us closer to actually having these things materialize. So an example of why must it be done this way? When I think of something like the song Power by Little Mix... There's this long chunk of counts where you might initially be thinking, okay, we have a lot of counts. How can I hit all of them with different steps? Just unique steps. It's a lot of counts to fill. How do I find a bunch of unique steps, like 120 something or however many it needs to be, I guess 32 in that case, so that it's creative and even though the the music is the same 
you know, creates a different feeling across the 32. Well, why do you need to do 32 different counts? Why not just do eight and repeat them four times? That's what Madison did on Power Mix. And now it kind of opens the idea that, whoa, we have this weird song with seven counts times two times four. We don't need to do however many was at 54 counts. Seven times two is 14. 14 times two is 28. So it's 56. We don't need 56 individual counts that are all different when the rhythm of the music doesn't doesn't necessitate that. You can just do seven and then another seven that hits in the same way that are different from the previous seven and then just take those 14. Multiply that by four. So there's a, a an example of you don't just have to... Like, okay, another would be if you hear music... And you think, okay, so the verse is very different from the chorus. This is clearly a phrase dance. And we're going to need a part A and a part B. Yeah, the bridge is kind of different, so we could do a part C. You could do that. Or you can just find 32 counts that work really efficiently and do it across the whole dance. You don't have to have a part for each section. You can just make compromises. So that sometimes this part hits here in the first eight, sometimes this part hits here in the third eight, and it's for the chorus versus the verse. Not everything has to be hit all the time, everywhere across the dance the same way. You can just choose. What is the opposite? Didn't somebody tell you go backwards? Who was that? What if you stepped back or something like that? I don't. I'm not trying. I'm trying to figure out what you're thinking of. Because there's been a couple times with people said, uh, "Start with the end product and work backwards." There's been times when people have said, um, "To to to rearrange the dance," and then there's the time in which I suggested to Leah and Stephanie, That's well, what, what if you w- step backwards instead of stepping forward? And that was from after you had talked to, was it Rachel? Maybe. It's possible. I believe that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for what is the opposite? If you keep obsessing over, okay, I need to make this, like, a forward sweep, or I need to do it, like, a forward drag, or maybe, like, a forward spiral, and you think, well, wait a second, if it's not flowing that way and I'm forcing it, what happens if I do that backwards? Or what if you want to do foot, 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 and you're like, no, it's too busy. My thighs are burning. Well, could we do it with hands? Could we do it with shoulders? Could we do it with pushing the head to the right and then pushing it up and then to the left and then pushing it down? So now you're just moving your eyes and your face around. There are a lot of different ways to hit the same thing if you think about terms of like opposites or what it isn't. Why do feet when you can do hands? Why do hands when you can do eyes? What does this remind me of? You know, we've actually used that trick quite a a, a few times when when we think, okay, it's this tempo. Let's try dancing this other dance to it and keep what we like. And then the parts that are very specifically the original dance, we'll just not we'll just ignore those. 
but uh, for Kissing Strangers to some other song, we liked some parts of Kissing Strangers to that song, but not all of it. Some of it was very obviously Kissing Strangers itself, and we just had to leave that in Kissing Strangers and just you know take the parts out that we liked. I don't even think we ended up finishing anything to that song, but it was a good exercise. We do that kind of a lot. If we're completely stuck, we think, what is this dance like? What is it trying to capture the mood of that we already know a dance for? Yeah. And what I like to do with when taking an already existing dance and plugging it into a new song to kind of get inspiration, I don't necessarily look at the movement itself so much as like the rhythm of the movement and the feel of the dance. So for instance, if there's like some type of triple movement and it really hits nicely, then I know I need some type of triple movement there. It doesn't have to be that same side shuffle. It could be a coaster step or something along those lines as opposed to just, you know, taking it from the dance. But it helps spark that creativity because I find what I like and then I start asking myself, okay, what's similar to that same kind of movement that I know of that could still work there? Mm -hmm. And I kind of piece it together like that as opposed to just taking other people's choreography. And when it says, what is the root problem and what are the underlying issues? Often the root problem is like, how do we hit this rhythm? Because we're, we want to hit it, but we don't know how. And the problem, as long as you know what the problem is, you know, having, uh, having some different options for solving it, uh, give you a place to go. So if you know that the problem is I'm doing a walk and then a walk, but there's a lot going on in the music, I need to do some other stuff there. Hmm. Or if you're doing like kick and toe and kick and kick and kick and toe, but the the music slowed down and it worked at a different part of the song, but it's not working now, then how do you make that compromise? Like, is doing foot stuff too much if what are the underlying issues it's like well it the root problem for all these dances is like we need to have the rhythm of the movement of our body match the music and the underlying issue with that particular eight count is it's inconsistent sometimes it does but sometimes it doesn't so then you may come up with a solution of styling you do the simpler thing on both sections. But when you hear this little guitar, you have the option to hit all of the syncopation with shimmies, if you like. You can shake your butt, you can shake your shoulders, you can do a little wave with your arms. But the default for when it doesn't do that sound is just don't do anything. Just step to the side and then you're not filling it in with a bunch of busy movement. Why is it important? Because we dance for emotional expression or physical indulgence. And if you're not getting what you want out of it, why do it? There are a lot of dances that I've seen and maybe other people are getting something out of it, but then I'll do it and I don't feel what they're feeling. I've tried it. It's just not for me. I'm not connecting. It's not tickling anything in my brain or in my spinal column to do those movements to the sound of that music. So 
it's important for trying to give the best experience to the most people because all these dancers are our people and we're trying to give something to them in choreographing. And if you're lazy or sloppy or you cut a lot of corners or you think no one will notice this or that thing, then somebody might go into it having a great experience for 31 counts and then you halt their momentum on 32 and now they don't want to do that dance anymore and they really liked that song but you just kind of like derailed their excitement. So that's why it's important. You want to to look at the dancers that are going to be doing this and think about what they want. And if you're able to accomplish it on your own and have yourself feel it and think, this is great, I want to do it like this all the time, I just hope there's somebody else out there who also feels this way, then at least you're going into it with pure intentions, whether or not anybody is able to do the things that you're able to do with your body. Who has a different perspective on this? This one you need to be careful with. This one, you can definitely open up to the possibility of a difference of opinion and ask people for their fresh perspectives. It's also important, as was mentioned in the previous day's advice, to protect yourself from creativity killers and naysayers. If somebody shares your desire and intent to solve the underlying problem in the best way possible for yourself and other dancers, then I think it's safe to ask them for their perspective as long as they are willing to accept that you have your own perspective and neither of you is right and neither of you is wrong. You are just individuals feeling things differently. If they are not able to have that openness in their discourse with you regarding your creative expression and choices and rather they tell you that's stupid don't do it like that ever again i can't believe you brought this to me you wasted my time anything along those lines they're probably not the best person to get a fresh perspective from it's just a matter of simple politeness (laughs) and empathy for the struggling aspiring choreographer. So definitely seek different perspectives. Maybe find somebody who has a similar style and see where they would have done things slightly differently because maybe they're more technique-based and you're more aerodynamically-based. <laughs> and then find somebody who would do things totally differently because they don't even touch that kind of music. But there's one minor exception where if you kind of just grounded it a little bit more and did this or that thing, then even they, with their very different style, might might enjoy dancing to this piece of music. As long as all of the people you're asking really are looking for a solution and don't just want to see you fail because they have their own issues about you and success in dancing or something. Not that anyone in the line dance community would ever do that because y'all are amazing. Anyway, what happens if we don't do it at all? Well, we already talked about that one. We may never come back to that piece of music. Yeah. I was also thinking about the idea of entering can't walk away into worlds as a competition piece. And I had asked Joe 
for her input, and she had turned around and asked me, well, do you know what your chances are is if, if you don't enter it? And I said, yeah, there's zero. And she goes, exactly. So why not take the chance? Lo and behold, it takes first place. And we got these shiny buckles. So uh, it's very important to take chances. Indeed. Day 40. A new idea is delicate. It can be killed by a sneer or a yawn. It can be stabbed to death by a quip and worried to death by a frown on the right man's brow. Charlie Brower. The third way to find your creativity is to develop a creative environment. Negative environments kill great ideas. A creative environment is like a greenhouse where ideas get seeded, sprout up, and flourish. A creative environment, bullet points follow, encourages and openly rewards creativity, places a high value on trust among team members and individuality because creativity always risks failure, embraces and celebrates those who are creative, focuses on innovation, not just invention. Creative people say, give me a good idea and I'll give you a better idea. Places a high value on options, which bring opportunities. Is willing to let people go outside the lines and challenge boundaries. Appreciates the power and promotes the freedom of a dream. The more creativity friendly you can make your environment, the more potential it has to become creative. Does your environment naturally foster creativity? Or tend to shut it down. Describe it. What can you do to make it friendlier to creativity? Well, my environment's pretty freaking awesome. I'm not going to lie. Come on. Line dance in space. Woo! How much more creative can you get than that? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I've, I've, I've had the experiences in which... I've been in the environment around those who are not on the same page as me. They're not even in the same book as me. And so it can be very stifling. And it can be very problematic if you are trying to create something with someone and they are very against it. And then I have the other end of the spectrum where pretty much when you and I are able to get into the same room to choreograph or talk ideas or anything like that, it's just there's this unspoken understanding that no matter how crazy the idea might sound, you share it because the other person will listen And they will probably have something that they can input on it to make it go even further. And the things that have come from those conversations have been quite entertaining and quite memorable. And I look forward to many more of those for sure. As for making it an environment even more creative, we just really need a dance space. 
a permanent dance face, and then we'll be set. That will help quite a bit. Three things that came to mind. Brainstorming, a quote, sort of, and emotions. And I guess I'll start with the quote. It's not really a quote, quote, but it's a, sort of a piece of advice that I'll just use metaphorically and not literally, which is, for writers at least, write drunk, edit sober, or something like that. And the idea kind of relates to brainstorming where you don't actually have to be drunk. But just there is a, except a certain window of time when everything is allowed and permitted and people can just spout things out and you don't have to say yay or nay yet. You can just let them talk. Because if they're on part two of a 20-part thought and you've already told them, well, that, no, no, no we were trying to do this. You're talking about that. Well, now they're never going to get to step three and you'll never find out what 20 was and 20 could have been really cool. So allow there to be a space of time when you just throw everything out there. Don't edit yet until everything is available to even be edited because you can't polish, like I said, you you can't polish 19 into something really workable and worthwhile if you can't get past the first five. And that relates to the thing about emotions. Emotions and thoughts and plans are different. And if a person in this creative environment is excited and has a thought and a plan, let the excitement go until it's down to you know neutral rational sober thought and then start discussing the thoughts and plans from that baseline similarly if a person is all fired up and all angry and whatever and they they have these thoughts and plans because they're feeling a certain way Wait until those calm down as well before stifling or trying to redirect a thought or plan that comes during those emotions either. Either way, if you jump in too soon, it's to the emotional person a way of implicitly saying your emotion is wrong. Even if their thought and plan is not great because they are going to do something crazy or harmful or something even if they're excited about something and it ends up being like a horrible bungee jumping accident if they go through with it let them be excited and then when they've calmed down talk with them about living and choosing life and if they are in the negative form of mind and they want to creatively weaponize some dance so that it's like this turf war thing and you tell them you want to tell them no don't do that like that's going to cause all these problems you're wrong to feel that way don't make these choices and plans based on your wrong feelings that's also bad because now they won't even want to talk to you about why they're feeling that way or having those thoughts and plans they're just going to have their thoughts quietly or something, but instead let them have those emotions. And then 
when they've calmed down and they're ready to talk about their thoughts and plans without the emotions involved, then you can say, all right, so let's look at this plan and what we're hoping to accomplish and all the people that may be hurt by it. And let's decide uh, whether the number of people we want to hurt is greater or less than zero. And let's try to aim for zero. And if there are no emotions involved with that, then you know that that's sort of a rational thing that you can decide upon because you're not invalidating an emotion that led to it you're just in, you're just choosing some other form of, of um, action so either way creative environment allows for the emotions but it also gives time for them to calm down before actual planning and editing of the brainstorm thoughts can occur it's like gardening you let things grow for a while before you can prune them. But if you prune too soon, nothing ever blooms. You've already cut off all the buds that could have become flowers. Day 41. I think we'll actually make it to day 42, which is the answer to life, the universe, and other things. Great discoveries and achievements invariably involve the cooperation of many minds. Alexander Graham Bell. The fourth way to find your creativity is to spend time with other creative people. Creativity is contagious. Have you ever noticed what happens during a good brainstorming session? One person throws out an idea. Another person uses it as a springboard to discover another idea. Then somebody grabs hold of it and takes it to a whole new level. The interplay of ideas can be electric. What if the place you work has an environment hostile to creativity and you possess little ability to change it? One possibility is to change jobs. But what if you desire to keep working there despite the negative environment? Your best option is to find a way to spend time with other creative people. It's a fact that you begin to think like the people you spend a lot of time with. I have a strong group of creative individuals with whom I make sure to spend regular time. When I leave them, I always feel energized. I'm full of ideas and I see things differently. They truly are indispensable to my life. The more time you can spend with creative people engaging in creative activities, the more creative you will become. Are there creative people within your workspace or group chat? If so, go out of your way to spend regular time with them. If not, identify creative people outside your workplace and figure out how to spend time with them. All my time is spent with you. <laughs> Does that tell you anything? No. <laughs> no. Um, it is true. I find you to be extremely creative, and I think we have some very, very interesting conversations and thoughts and brainstorming ideas, which keeps my curiosity coming back for more um i do have several friends in which i can have these kind of conversations with about different things in life um and the other thing is like there's this great thing called the internet and text messaging and whatsapp and facebook messenger and fortunately i keep in touch with all kinds of friends all across the world that help inspire me 
to be more creative and be more positive that when I need a little bit of help or when I have an idea and I'm not sure what to do with it, I can go to these individuals. And I think it's extremely important that everybody have them. Would you say that you get by with a little help from your friends? I do. (laughs) Neat. I definitely value the shared experiences that we have had with people along their own journeys in line dance. Marking similar points of accomplishment as us, as well as encountering similar obstacles. Because then we know we're not alone. And it's easy to find in the line dance world people who have been there before, but were there 20 years ago when they were starting out or even five years ago when they were starting out and doing their competitions and whatnot. It's rarer to find people who are exactly where we are right now. And we have found people like that. So I'm glad that they seem to like to talk to us and want to hang out with us a little bit. And And potentially choreograph with us. Yep. And we like hanging out with them. And they show us their dances before they're released. And we show them ours. I don't know what value they get from seeing ours. (laughs) But it's cool that they show us theirs. And sometimes we wear like matching clothes and things. And everybody's got a buckle now. Yep. Yeah. I like that we have those people. It kind of creates a miniature hive mind. And there's definitely strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. And then we can all demo each other's dances. Which is fun. Yeah. Also, from the before times, uh, creative people that I would hang out with were you know, Kevin Ackelman and Keith Anderson. And they are in other places right now. I don't get to hang out with them as often. But I definitely value the time that I had with them brainstorming on a regular basis how to create like the perfect dance venue and how to put together dances in a way that just kind of mashes them together because this was before choreography. This was just like, well, what can we do with what available tools we have? Uh, I liked that I had sounding boards as well as sources of ideas to share that part of my journey with. So maybe someday we'll all be in one place together again. If not, then I'm glad that we had the time that we did. Day 42. If you obey all the rules, you will miss all the fun. Catherine Hepburn. The fifth way to find your creativity is to get out of your box. While I don't think it's necessary to break all the rules, many are in place to protect us, I do think it's unwise to follow rules blindly or to allow self-imposed limitations to hinder us. Creative thinkers are out-of-the-box people. They know that they must repeatedly break out of the box of their own history and personal limitations in order to experience creative breakthroughs. The most effective way to help yourself get out of the box is to expose yourself to new paradigms. One way you can do that is by traveling to new places. Explore other cultures, countries, and traditions. 
Find out how people very different from you live and think. Another is to read on new subjects. I'm naturally curious and love to learn, but I still have a tendency to read books only on my favorite subjects, such as leadership. I sometimes have to force myself to read books that broaden my thinking, because I know it's worth it. If you want to break out of your own box, get into somebody else's. Read broadly. What country might you visit on your next vacation in order to immerse yourself in a different culture? What book out of your area of expertise will you read now to stretch your mind and get you outside of your box? Well, the book I just finished reading was about solar eclipses. So that's definitely a different style of read for me from my normal, fun, lighthearted fiction genre. Um, and fingers crossed, maybe we'll visit Blackpool soon. That would be nice. That would be very nice. Yeah. I just returned some books to the library last night that I think were due last night. And I didn't finish all of them. I poked into some of them. One of them was um, an optimist's look at the future, I think, or something like that. And then another one was this idea will change everything. And it was like little two-page short essays about different ideas that were going to become significant in the next several decades. Another one was XKCD, What If, uh, where the author of the XKCD webcomic series takes crazy questions that people submit and tries to actually answer them scientifically. Like if you were to fly a Cessna in the atmospheres of different planets, what would those flight paths look like? Or let's see where some other ones. If you threw a baseball at the speed of light, I think was one of them. uh, What would the outcome be? And there's like this massive explosion and he talks to you through the nanoseconds, you know, what layer of matter is being stripped away from the outside edge of the ball, all kinds of stuff. So I think all of those help me think differently as far as big ideas, future optimism, absurd questions that can be kind of solved in theory. And then, you know, the tricky part in my own head is how do they relate to light dance? Then, yeah, as far as country goes, it'll probably be, or hopefully, be the UK. I would also accept Canada and or Australia. Same. Very much same. Yeah. And maybe Sweden and Denmark, depending what people like Yenny and Niels are doing. And Melina. And Melina. Melina. Malini. I don't think she would like being called that very much. We have two and a half minutes left in our show. And we have, oh, how many more of those? 48? 48 more of our 90 days when technically the 90 days should have been done at the end of this month. Which I guess we'll catch up I think it's technically at some point. In what, three days? Something like two that. Two days? Yeah. We'll get around to it. We're just getting even more value out of this book. By thinking about the, uh, the days process. even longer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's inflation. <laughs> Taking that 90 and fluffing it up a little. 
you have any final thoughts about this last week of dance that we have experienced from submitting our entries to uh, USLDCC finals and then going to Boogie, going to Crazy Horse Saloon, club on Monday, club on Wednesday, learning things, teaching things, going to see Cat tonight at Sacktown. I don't know. It's been a lot of dance, so I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, I've also learned some more of my competition pieces as well. Uh, played around with some choreography as well. Um, potentially looking into hosting a social on May 6th. We have the beginner workshop in coming up in April with Dolly that we're doing that we got to start preparing for. We have to really start getting on the learns for stagecoach dancing. A um, couple learns for showdown. Yeah, we... Hopefully it will be helpful at uh, Dancing for the Dream as well. What was that? Hopefully it will be helpful and of use at Dancing for the Dream. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much. I looked at my schedule the other day and... I was so excited to see so many days booked out for dancing. It was quite a good feeling. Like I figured out the secret to my life. Haven't quite figured out how to make it work quite as uh, seamlessly as I would hope. But I'm definitely on the right track, I think. And hopefully I'll be able to open up some new classes. That would be nice. Got to look into that a little bit more. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we've, we're on the right track. I agree. Also, another shout out to Peter Blaskowski of Kick It for all the hard work that he does on that site. We've done some poking at it and found all these different features. We mentioned them somewhat in last week's episode and we would again like to thank him for all that he does on that um, project of his that he shares with all of us. So thanks to Peter of Kick It. This has been Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio with Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Barcelia. And until next time, which was at this point probably going to be at Showdown next week, or at Sacktown Bar and Grill, Sports Bar and Grill tonight, or maybe at Jackson in San Francisco on Sunday, we will see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.